This is Transistor.fm. Chris, we're going to now have to make this uh, <laughs> an explicit episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Build Your SaaS. This is the behind-the-scenes story of building a web app in 2018. I'm John Buda, a software engineer. Wow, you sound so good today. <laughs> nice. I'm Justin Jackson. I'm a product and marketing guy. Follow along as we build Transistor.fm and Spots.fm. How you doing this Monday, John? Monday evening. Uh, I'm good. I'm a little, little tired. I uh, had a long bike ride yesterday. Yeah, what was it? You sent me a photo. Uh, that was, uh, yeah, that was me as we approached the city, Chicago skyline. That was about 8.30 N- wow. at night. Um, You're doing some night riding. Yeah, we didn't mean to. We uh, we rode to a brewery that was 35 miles away, <laughs> uh, three, three Floyds Brewing in, in Indiana. And uh, Oh, you went to a different state. It, we crossed state lines, yeah. <laughs> This sounds like one of those those good ideas that you get like on it, a day and then you go and do it. Yeah, <laughs> it was a good idea. And then, <laughs> yeah, you know, you go to the brewery and hang out and have some lunch. They have really good food, have a couple beers. And then I think we hung out there a little too long. It's not that we had too many beers, but it just started getting late. Yeah. And uh, we're like, well, it's going to take us longer to get home anyway. We should probably leave. And then uh, it started getting dark, which was fine there's a lakefront path in chicago and it's pretty well lit and it was nice weather but it was a it was like a 12-hour day (laughs) from from when we left to when we got back sounds that sounds incredible that sounds so we did just like a good adventure it was a fun adventure i'm I'm a little tired i don't feel as bad as i thought i would today but i'm I'm a little tired well sometimes you need that you need you need some adventure that adventure is the spice of life it's true. It's it's not enough to just sit behind a computer screen all day. That, that sure isn't. The pixels can't pl- can't <laughs> please you. They can't fulfill you the way that the real world can. Yeah, they can. There's a whole big world out there. <laughs> I think that's the spoiler from uh, Ready Player One. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> spoiler uh, alert. Spoiler alert. Real life is pretty good pretty good even if virtual reality is pretty awesome in the future <laughs> hey <laughs> let's uh, kick things off with some patreon shout outs uh do you want to do some of these uh, yeah we should um we have a new uh, patreon or a patron uh actually a good friend of mine dave junta threw in some bucks um i know dave from a long time ago sweet uh, my first job here we stayed friends and he is currently working at Home Chef, which is based out of Chicago. Sweet. Yeah. So thank you, Dave. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. He looks like and a he's been, he's, Ruby on Rails dude. He is. He is. Uh, yeah. He's a Ruby on Rails guy. He he knows Vim really well. I was always amazed at his shortcut ability to memorize keyboard shortcuts. Does, does he know how to exit Vim? He, <laughs> I hope so at this point. Yeah. Maybe that's why he's so good at it. He never figured out how to get out. Maybe. <laughs> so thank you, Dave. Yeah, thanks, Dave. Uh, that's really awesome. And then we also have Kevin Markham, patron number one. And uh, just because we forgot to mention him in the past, we're going to say hello again and tell you to go check him out at patreon.com slash data school or data school. Doesn't matter how you pronounce it. 
<laughs> and then uh, last but not least, Adam Devander from Portland, Oregon. And you know what? Nice. He he heard us give him a shout out last week, and he said, nice. "Oh my gosh!" He's like, "I was planning on going to XOXO, but I didn't." But he said, "You you two you three sorry we were staying on Alberta Street like." a couple blocks from his house, like really close. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, no. So he's like, ah, oh, I wish I'd been paying more attention to social media because I yeah. would have called you up. I'm, I'm surprised we didn't just see him walking around. Right. In line for Pine State Biscuits. That's <laughs> true. They probably just avoid that place like the plague. It, probably. It's probably like voodoo donuts, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it, Pine State Biscuits is good, but you do have to wait quite a while to get the biscuit. Yeah. Right. Which is it's a good biscuit. It is a good biscuit. It's true. <laughs> we're in a good mood. I like this. We're going to we're going to have a fun one. Um we I thought this week we would talk about <laughs> something that's kind of uh um uh not uh, kind of kind of yucky or blacky or uh Yeah. Uh, I see our notes here. It says black. Black. Next to it. Right in the notes. One of those a- one of those acronyms that I never really understood what it meant. Mm. I've had many uh startup job where the CEO, he hired me, and then he, he would take me, you know, meet with me the first time, and he would say, all right, Justin, what we want you to do is we have a number of weekly KPIs we want you to meet. <laughs> and that basically means, uh, <laughs> well, KPI stands for Key Performance Indicator, and it would be a big spreadsheet full of metrics, marketing metrics or uh, you know, a bunch of lines. So there'd be one for how many visitors did we get? How much traffic did we get? How many people did we get signing up to our email list? How many new Twitter followers did we have? All sorts of things. So gr- make all those numbers bigger. Make all those numbers bigger. That's your job. Uh, and, uh, you know, I would dutifully put these numbers in every week. Uh, incidentally, as a sidebar, I think the, in most cases, when you have a job, your job, maybe this is only with certain certain companies, but really your job is to only make the boss happy. That's really all that yeah. matters. <laughs> you, you might get in there going, oh, like my purpose here is to further the mission or no, it's not. Your job is just to make the boss happy. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> so the boss wants KPIs, you give them KPIs. But uh, in this case, we're the boss, yep. and so we get to decide what we want to track. And there's this great episode of Startups for the Rest of Us with Mike Tabor and Rob Walling, uh, episode 260. They talk about the one metric that matters. Uh, let's play a quick clip from that episode. All right. And essentially, the idea here is that you should only focus on one metric at a time. And that metric is the one that is supposed to be moving the needle in your business. If you only have one metric that really matters, then you can essentially ignore everything else that's going on. Whether, And in your case, for example, if you're tracking MRR and that's the one metric that matters the most, then you can essentially ignore all these other things like the conversion rate and the number of the visitors to your website. A lot of those things can just go right out the window. So what they're talking about is there's all these things we can focus on and we could have create our own spreadsheet, right? We could create our own spreadsheet mm-hmm. of all these metrics we want to track. Uh, how many new episodes are being created? How many total podcast downloads is our system, uh, you know, hosting? There's all these things we could track. But in the beginning, it's more prudent 
to just kind of focus on one thing, what matters most. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts about that so far? It makes sense uh, to me. I mean, you, you can't really, yeah, you can't really put your focus on too many things at once. Otherwise you're just going to, I think none of them would necessarily grow. Yeah. Yeah. It, right? Especially we're, we're doing this on the side and the, our biggest risk is getting spread too thin. Yeah. And also I think, you know, the, the truth is a lot of those other KPIs really don't matter. And so it, focusing on the ones that matter and kind of getting rid of all the garbage that doesn't, uh, ultimately, hopefully that'll help us grow the business faster. Uh, I like this next part. This is where uh, Rob talks about, uh, he's talking to Noah Kagan, who started AppSumo, and how Noah ended up with this one metric that was different than what Rob had. Let, let's play that now. One point early on when Noah Kagan was building AppSumo, I had talked to him and we were talking about kind of what you're focused on. It was like focusing on one thing. And at the time, I think I was doing, it was early in Hitail and I was talking about, yeah, it's just MRR. I was focused on, he said, I'm focused on growing my list. He said, it's, it's the number of subscribers total and the number of subscribers we're adding each week or each day. And I remember thinking, oh, how interesting that he wasn't focused on, there was not, it wasn't focused on revenue, wasn't focused on profit, wasn't focused on deals per month. There's a bunch of other things that you could look at, but at that point he knew that to get where he wanted to go, he had to build that list. And that's kind of why I look at, at MRR as a SaaS founder is that to get where I want to go, I need to get that to increase. And there's a bunch of ways to do it, but it does give you focus. The other thing is it tells me what not to look at. As an example, I don't, at this point, when we're in heavy growth mode, I don't look at profitability. By the way, if you're making your own show, one of the things that I'm trying to get better at is being not just a creator of content, but also a uh, what's the word? A, a curator of content. And I'll often have these clips in my memory. You know, I, I remember listening to this episode and being mm -hmm. able to retrieve those and bring those to the surface for, in this case, our audience, I think um, is really helpful. So if you're making your own show or if you're, you know, I do this all the time in blog posts as well. This is a great way to, you can kind of bring a bunch of different ideas from different people all together in one place. And it's really helpful for people. It's a good one. Uh, no, I, I, I like that clip. Uh, I, I especially like the part he said about it allows you to focus. I think, I mean, we, I think we've experienced that before where you, I think you lose track of your, your key metric that you're currently working on. And we just sort of have all these ideas come up and, and requests and brainstorms for new for new features or, you know, whatever it may be. And then, uh, you kind of lose focus on what your original goal was like even previously that week. Yes. Uh, just as a, as an aside, I, I just noticed there's in our support software, there's this insights tab. Mm -hmm. How many new cases do you think we've had? Let's see in the last month. How how many incoming conversations did we did we do? Oh wow! So I never looked at that. Thirty days. Uh, sixty-five. So we completed. There was one hundred and ten conversations created. So oh, one hundred and ten wow. cases. Ninety-two were completed, and 
97 customers were helped. That's a lot. That is a lot. That that's yeah. that's in 30 in 30 days. And sometimes uh, that's just conversations created. It doesn't tell you yeah. number of replies. Right. Um, yeah. What was our highest day? Highest days are always uh, weekends. Oddly hmm. enough, maybe maybe these people are also doing their shows on the side. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a whoa. I, yeah, we just had a ton on um, yeah. Saturday, September 8th. Yeah, we got a lot. Uh, so apologies to the people who we still haven't <laughs> fixed problems for. <laughs> There's a couple lingering. There's a couple lingering. And it shows you how hard this can be. We're getting a lot yeah. of inbound, and we really want to build something that's awesome for a lot of people. Main skill set of a product person is really in... Not just collecting feedback, but digging deeper and actually getting down to what these folks are trying to accomplish and what the majority of our users are trying to accomplish, and then delivering the best possible thing for them. Yeah. And sometimes what people articulate as what they want isn't actually, you know, um, it, it isn't actually the 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 thing that is going to get them to where they need to go. And so digging deeper and saying, Hey, that's really interesting idea. You know, what are you hoping to accomplish with that? Or, you know, what are you, where are you hoping to get to? Um, Those are the conversations we need to be having and they're awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've, yeah. Like, let's say for instance, uh, we've had a lot of requests lately for an API, Mm -hmm. uh, which we want to build and we will build for a number of reasons, but one thing I keep asking and replying with is like, what, like, what are you trying to accomplish with an API, which will lead me to sort of build it a certain way or put more of a focus on one particular aspect of the API. Yeah. I, I know we're kind of, we're kind of on, on an aside right now, but um, I think one thing, there's two things I think of. One is that these conversations take time. It's, it's, if you're going to dig in deep like that, you know, even you just responding to a, a query and going, what are you hoping to accomplish? You've already guaranteed that you're going to have one more reply. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, right. if, you, if you already have an inbox that is full, one more reply, you know, that, that can add a yeah. lot of weight to your day, but it's the work we need to do. Yeah. So it's, it's challenging. It really is. All of our fellow uh, builders and makers and bootstrappers out there, this work is tough. And um, actually, the second thought I had there is between you and I, I think one thing, well, especially you, you've got a really good bullshit meter. Sometimes, you know, when I'm discussing things with you, I'm just spitballing ideas and yep. you have a, you are particularly attuned, it feels like, <laughs> to, uh, do we really need that? What, yeah, what I, is that yeah. actually for? <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, I'm just like, well, that seems like either a lot of work or a lot of work for a little payoff or, um, you know, not worth it now. It's helpful to have that. It's helpful to have yeah. that, that pushback on, you know, for, on both sides for, for us to say, well, to question each other all the time. And so, uh, again, folks, if you have a co-founder, I think you want to be having those conversations, for sure. So back to this this idea of main metric. Rob said basically if you have a SaaS business, 
the main metric is going to be MRR, monthly recurring revenue. Uh, and I, I found that interesting. It, it, there, of all the things we could track, that one, because we could track how many new paying customers are we getting every month. Mm-hmm. That could be one. Uh, how many new trials are we getting every month? But one thing about MRR is it, it seems to hit a bunch of, uh, a bunch of things for us. One is, you know, we're going, we're, we're trying to build this into a business that can support us and eventually maybe some other people. Right. And that, that means we have to be kind of laser focused on getting to a, a, a certain monthly number. And we've kind of roughly said, you know, I, for me, it's like I see the 5K, the 10K, the 15, and then the 20. Like those all seem like milestones. Mm-hmm. Is it is it the same for you? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, and there's certainly a point where it would be worth it for both of us to do it full time. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately, I I think the goal here is to you know build a product that is making money for for us to you know live our lives, but also provide provide value for the the customers that are using it. We're not trying to, you know, milk everything we can out of all of our customers and kind of screw them over. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, definitely keeping an eye on, on the MRR is, is, uh, is definitely for us, the, the, the main metric. I mean, you know, we're not, we're not a startup that is dependent on free downloads of their app, mm-hmm. like user number of users. We're not, we're not doing, uh, you know, in-app purchases and stuff like that. So, yeah. Well, and I think MRR really is a lightning rod for everything. If you're not providing um, a service that's helpful to people every single month, basically every every time September, September, every time the calendar rolls mm-hmm. over, we have to prove again to folks right. using Transistor that this is worth their time and their money. If people aren't getting value anymore if it's not helping them improve their lives, if it's not something they need, then mm-hmm. uh, they cancel and then we get churn. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's interesting because we have, we have our payments channel in Stripe or in, uh, in Slack that's hooked up to Stripe and we see, we see new subscribers, we see uh, when people are charged and we see when people cancel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's always, it's, disheartening a little bit to see people cancel um a lot of those i think are trials that people are not continuing with yeah but i think the ones that are more impactful are the ones that you know have been customers and you helped and they cancel after a couple months of paying and you're like yeah that that sucks because they already they paid and they found some value in it but then ultimately not enough so they they left. Yeah. And I mean, we're, we're still early on. And so yeah, certainly we're going to, uh, we're going to, especially after a big launch and getting attention on product hunt and other things, you're going yeah. to see, um, a bump in p- cancellations. Uh, just as a note, I, this is completely anecdotal, but one of the things about having this drip in side of, uh, Slack is you, you start to notice trends and, Hotmail addresses, Yahoo addresses, uh, very high cancellation rate. And 
Huh. Um, nothing against folks that use Yahoo or Hotmail, but um, <clears throat> and we don't want to we don't want to make too many have too many conclusions about that. But I think one thing I've noticed with other SaaS companies is that a company domain in the email address dramatically decreases the chance of churn. Yeah, uh, and this is um, one of the reasons I think we want to go after that B two B market is that folks that are just doing it as a hobby or, or, you know, podcasting is not easy. And, you know, there could be someone on uh, a team at a technical company, a software company. Prof- ProfitWell is a great example. They, they became, uh, they're, they're doing a show on, our, on, on Transistor called Protect the Hustle. Mm-hmm. They have people in-house whose whole job it is to create that media. Yeah. And their KPIs are how many downloads are we getting? How many people are engaging? You know, they've got their own list of things that they're responsible for. And you better be sure that they're highly incentivized, you know, to keep that podcast going. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, interesting, also c- contrasting um, for metrics, we use ProfitWell and the Stripe dashboard. Yeah. Uh, churn rate inside of the Stripe dashboard, I think. I think that includes trial customers, which is not a great oh, metric. Right. Uh, inside of ProfitWell, our churn um, in August was 3.8%. Uh, our churn so far this month is 2.3%. I think I'm getting this right. Yep. Uh, churn in July was 1.4%. So, um, And that is just based on revenue churn, which I think is a little bit more helpful for us right is stripe stripes higher i would imagine yeah because it's based on yes trial stripe well. is we're at 10.3 percent, but i think that okay. includes those trials that never paid yeah there's something about mrr that i also like is definitely that that becomes your our primary focus like is that number increasing in a meaningful way every month but then i go one thing i've been thinking you know that's helpful with KPIs with metrics, tracking metrics is, I don't know. I had this thought of like, maybe I should try to get 10 new people to sign up this week. Right. Like push, push myself because, you know, this isn't going to be easy. This is, this is hard. Uh, Building software is hard. And if we're going to get to our goal of a certain amount of money per month, there's, you know, certainly it'd be nice if all of a sudden, you know, a bunch of people showed up tomorrow, but that's, that's not going to, what's that, that's unlikely to happen. <laughs> certainly it'd be nice if Jeff Bezos invested a couple million. <laughs> if you're listening, Jeff, <laughs> if you're listening, Jeff, which you're probably not, he could be, he already built his set. I think. <laughs> yeah. He's good. Uh, so, huh. you know, if those things aren't going to happen, what can we do? Uh-huh. And you know, one thing is, well, let's try to get more users. Now, that's that's not the primary metric, but as soon as I'm thinking, like, how do I increase MRR? I'm thinking, well, there's some secondary metrics, right? Maybe I need to get more, try to push to get more trials. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I need to push to get new paying customers. Maybe I need to um, do a bunch of more work to make sure that our current customers are having an incredible experience and they then spread the word to their friends. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's also the uh, 
current customers and, and new customers even, um, the difference between increasing your customer count versus your MRR is that you can increase your MRR by, by getting more like higher value customers Mm -hmm. with our different tiers that we haven't, you know, we might need to reconfigure some of our tiers to make those, you know, more appealing. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot, I think there's a lot to play with inside of that. Yeah. It's so interesting what it makes me think because it's kind of like the five whys, but a little bit different. So I go, I want to increase MRR. And then instead of the five whys, it's more like the five hows. So how are you going to do that? Okay, well, to go back, if I'm going to get more MRR, I'm either going to need to get more paying customers or have more expansion revenue or decrease churn. Okay, well, we still have very few customers right now. Uh, Churn isn't a big issue right now, so I'll ignore that one. Um, Expansion revenue could be a thing, but oh, to do that, we would really need to figure out how we can offer more value to folks so they upgrade. And then all of a sudden that goes into product development. Okay, well, what are some things that would, you know, help us to get those customers? And then I think, oh, maybe we need to rejig, you know, our download limits. Maybe uh, this new promotion feature I've been, you know, talking about Uh the last couple of weeks, maybe that needs to be in the higher tiers. And so you just start to, it, it it kind of opens your imagination to all these things that you would need to do in order to accomplish this goal that you have. Yeah. I mean, ultimately it's going to be work. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like we can just, yeah. I mean, it's not like we can just talk about wanting to increase MRR and, and not really do much work or add add new features or bring more value to the table. Yeah. I think what's helpful about it is that it really clarifies what we should be doing with our energy. Uh, mm-hmm. Because MRR is such a, it's an unforgiving metric. You can't just, uh, like we could go out and get a bunch of bad deals and, you know, increase MRR one month, but we would, you know, feel it, feel the pain uh, the yeah. next month. Yeah. And so it's unforgiving. If we're going to do it and make it sustainable, we need to yeah, exactly. make the product better. But yep. it it just gives me that um, that that kind of clarity that I think is so difficult sometimes when you're doing work, which is ah maybe I should just you know take more speaking gigs or maybe I should try to get into more industry newsletters or right. maybe I should be you know trying to I don't know there's all these other things we could be doing, but. Yep. You know, we get we when a request lands in your inbox, you can kind of weigh it up against this one metric, which is <laughs> will this in any way help me to improve or increase MRR? I mean that yeah. Oh, it sounds like you're gonna say something. No, I have a I have sort of like a secondary metric. I don't know if it's a good time to bring yeah, it up. Yeah, sure. It's kind of related to that though. Like, you know, you talk about MRR and increasing increasing customers and going out and, and adding, you know, new trials each month. Uh, the one thing that that I sort of thought of was another metric, which isn't like a, uh, it's a performance indicator, I suppose, but it's, it's like the number of support requests we get versus the number of customers. And is that mm. like, hopefully that's not growing at the same rate because, you know, as we get more customers, we don't really want 
more support requests. We want the, th- the thing we're building to get easier to use. Um, and ho- hopefully, you know, the, the goal is to, you know, obviously there's going to be a lot of support requests and questions at the beginning, which will lead to fixes or help documents being written. Um, and, you know, as you get more and more customers, hopefully the product will have become self-explanatory and easy enough so that you don't just generate a bunch of support requests and generate more work for us. Yeah, totally. I'm, I'm going to link uh, a blog post by Nathan Berry. He has this one, actually two. One is um, it's called The Cash Problems from Self-Funding Rapid Growth. And one of the problems he talks about is getting support under control. Mm-hmm. He said, we actually didn't need to have to cut our expenses to be more profitable. Instead, we just needed them to increase a lot more slowly. Uh, and he said, you know, while they were growing, it felt impossible because the, the growth was just putting this kind of crippling load on top of the support team. And, um, basically they, they figured out two things. One was their weekly ticket volume was increasing, but slower than the rate they were acquiring new customers. Mm -hmm. And, the support queue levels were staying fairly steady. So they were keeping up with the new volume, but they could never get ahead. And so once they he figured out those two things, he was able to get his support queue under control. But it's tricky, right? You, It's like, he's basically, the, it, it's a similar problem to what we, we might be facing, which is, wow, we get a bunch of new trial users, but that at the beginning, it really, there's a lot of weight there. Yeah. And you know, we have to, we're going to have to figure out some creative ways to, you know, do support more efficiently. Yeah. Or, you know, recognize trends in the, in the requests and sort of surface that help in the app a little better or guide them along Mm -hmm. when they're trying to do something in particular. Yeah. This, this second blog post I'll link to, uh, they, they figured out, uh, a few changes that, that actually helped. Uh, one was just to improve the quality of their responses and, I think one thing that's nice about our about maybe slowing down on growth is that when we do get those customer support requests, we're able to maybe improve our documentation uh, as we go instead of or improve the product when we need to instead of just all you're trying to do is Nathan compares it to doing the dishes. It's like if the dish pile keeps growing, you're just you're not thinking about improving. <laughs> improving the process you're just like oh i'm just gonna grind through this right but once you finally get the dishes done and you can sit back and go okay what would be a process or a habit or something i could do to improve this situation yeah absolutely you know you really need margin to do that yeah it's hard to really hard to think about it in a meaningful way when it's just piling on top of you yeah and that 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 is does seem to be the key doesn't it uh, I, I'm terrible at this in, in terms of just like, I'm just going to grind it out. And then if you get in that habit, you just end up grinding forever and never kind of getting on top of it. Yeah. You're not really diagnosing the problem. Um, so that is, that is something else. Uh, I know we just talked about one metric, <laughs> <laughs> but I think one of our secondary metrics is that kind of meaningfully, uh, contributes to MRR is support. And yeah. 
uh, on one hand, I don't know if I want to share this, but I just will, whatever. Like our, our response times for support are not great. Yeah, they, they vary. They vary, yes. Um, <laughs> and I want to improve those. But in order to improve those, you know, it's going to mean, okay, we got to make the product better. We got to make our onboarding better. We've got to improve our documentation. We've got to, you know, um, maybe aim for a different customer, right? Yeah. And uh, this is one test I did with um, in, in past jobs. I did exactly that calculation you were talking about, which is per tier, per pricing tier, how many, how much support time mm-hmm. do we spend per tier? And we had a really low kind of self-service tier that was gobbling up like 80% of our support time. Yeah. And so uh, there's nothing wrong with those people. They just weren't the right customers for us. And we ended up canceling that tier uh, and grandfathering everyone in. But support then went down once we did that. You know, those are the kinds of things we probably want to be thinking about. Yeah, I think so. It, It almost feels like, I like I don't know about you, but I've kind of had my foot off the gas pedal in terms of, especially in terms of wanting to promote Transistor, mm-hmm. because it just felt like we needed time to, first of all, listen to the customers we already have, and then get a few more things out the door. Yeah, I think I think there's definitely some, well, some yeah, some new features that we want to get done soon here, and also just a few areas that need some ironing out that'll actually I think reduce support requests quite a bit mm-hmm. it's great having people sign up you know organically it's being it's being uh recommended to people which is awesome mm-hmm. but yeah we haven't we haven't really done that a large marketing push and i think you know some of the, the stuff we're working on now is will be will be uh beneficial mm-hmm. people will like it you know as much as i would love for you know tomorrow for us to be at twenty thousand dollars in in monthly <laughs> revenue it doesn't do us any good to just like go harebrained after that. And at, you know, just that's all we're going to do. I, sometimes you just got to take a breath and go, okay, well, yeah. I, how are, if we're going to get there, what are we going to do to condition ourselves? You know, it's like running a marathon. You don't, you don't just like jump right into it. Sometimes you like train for a bit and you're mm-hmm. like, okay, well that was a good 10 K. But before I jump into that 25 K, I'm just going to take a breather here and, you know, work on some conditioning, work, focus on my form. Yeah, it's, yeah, I totally agree. You're, are you, are you training for a triathlon right now? No, I, uh, I might sign up for one. You might sign up. See, see, I'm, I'm just trying to make this, uh, applicable to, to, uh, but that's exactly it. Like (laughs) as you're thinking about doing this next thing, right. Getting to this next level in your fitness or, or however you want to say it, you're thinking about like, okay, am I ready for that? What you know, how's my yeah. how's my biking? How's my swimming? How's my right. running? What's it going to take? How am I going to train? Do I need new equipment? Uh, who am I going to reach out to to ask mm-hmm. about how to train or who can I train with? Yeah, I'm not just going to like sign up and go. Ah, oh, well, I'll be ready next summer. I don't I don't really have to worry about it. It's just that, that would be a disaster. Exactly. <laughs> And and it's so similar. I mean, if if you stayed in that mode forever, if you were always just thinking about it and just asking people and researching, you know, yeah. hopefully um, 
someone would say, okay, John, like you, you either do it or don't do it. Right. You've, you've done. I've also talked about it for a long time and never signed up. So the first step is signing up and they're always pretty far in the distance. Like the one I'm thinking about is at the end of August next summer. Right. Yeah. So the signing up is the incentive, I think, to, to sort of push forward. And yeah. And the metaphor or the analogy for us is, uh, is that we've launched we yeah. have, according to Churnbuster, Churnbuster, according to uh, Churnbuster is a great product. <laughs> my, my buddy Matt runs that. Uh, That's a free plug, Matt. According to ProfitWell, we are over $2,000 in MRR right now. Nice. And that's our highest number. <laughs> so I'm, I'm yeah. just going to take that one. Uh, yeah. So we've launched. We're at $2,000 MRR. This is great. But that's kind of like, in my mind, running a 5K or a 2K. Now, if we're going to get, if we're going to run a 25K, what is 25K? Yeah. Is that a half marathon or full? Uh, I think it is a half Oh, sorry. I'm, spe- I'm speaking in... Um, you're, you're speaking Canadian. I'm speaking <laughs> Canadian. Uh, a, a marathon is 26 miles. I don't, 25K is... The races I see here in Canada are 5Ks, 10Ks, 25Ks, and 50Ks. Yeah. Um, it's weird. It's weird because the U.S. does 5Ks and they do 10Ks and then they just go to like 13 miles or 26 <laughs> miles. I don't, it's really weird. <laughs> and then people are like, how much is a 5K? Like 3.1 miles, <laughs> which we're behind. I'm sorry, rest of the world, we're, we're not on the same system. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. But it, it, is, <laughs> it is a good analogy though of, okay, well, we've just yeah. done our 2K. What's it going to take to do our 5K? And mm-hmm. uh, I think it, it is... Sometimes it does take some conditioning. Sometimes it does take, you know, getting more things in place so that you can get to that next level. And uh, it's it's better to do that and set yourself up for success than just to, you know, you can sometimes sign up for a 5K and not train and maybe a 10K and not train. But yeah. um, I, I, don't, I don't think I told you this, but we, we, <laughs> we went for a run in Portland yeah. I was sore for three days after. You were. Oh you didn't tell me that. <laughs> it, I was like, I, John got up and he's like, I'm going for a run. And I hadn't run in like years. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going too. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, all right, come along. I thought you were like, you were you're like, I'm going to run to the, I'm just going to run to the end of the street with you. Yeah. And then you kept going. That street just kept getting longer. It did. It was a nice street. My wife was just, kept going, how long did you run? What? <laughs> What did you do to yourself? Oh, uh, anyway, so hopefully all that conversation is helpful to folks listening. As always, if you want to uh, respond to this, we love hearing your comments. Reach out on Twitter at Transistor FM. Uh, you can also comment in Breaker and CastBox. And uh, I try to jump in and answer those whenever I can. Uh, let's, before we go, let's do a few app updates. What do we, what do we have going on this week? Uh, so we haven't, I think last time we talked, we still haven't really deployed anything new. Um, but I am still finishing, putting the finishing touches on this integrations, uh, area that I'm building out, which includes, uh, the new Twitter and YouTube integration where you can set your episodes to either auto tweet or auto post to YouTube where it will convert your convert your audio into a video file and post it to your YouTube channel. And uh, I think (laughs) that one 
You you posted something a couple weeks ago, a quote that was like the first ninety percent takes ninety percent of your time, and the last ten percent takes ninety percent of your time, <laughs> which I think is pretty accurate for this one. <laughs> yeah, that's that's just the the rule of doing software yeah. development. And then um, we have a lot of requests, which I I understand. A lot of this comes from Chrome changing some stuff too, where uh, people are requesting that they can do a custom domain with transistor and have SSL built into it. Yeah. Which you could, which you can do now uh, pretty easily and freely with uh, let's encrypt. Um, so we just have to sort of build that into our infrastructure. That's just uh, some upgrades that need to happen on our Amazon AWS stack. Sweet. That, that'll actually be so big. Yeah. Like, it'll be I remember great. when I got that um, with my web hosting provider, uh, you know, in the old days, getting those SSL certs was so painful. Expensive and just, and like confusing you to upload these files that are like munged together into one other file. A fairly common embarrassing thing that would happen even to big funded startups is their SSL cert would expire. Yeah. And, uh, this would happen like it, every once it would, it would be like <laughs> tech crunch news. It's like, oh, someone's SSL cert just expired. And some of those, SSL certs, depending on what you got, they took 48 hours to renew. So it was just a mess. But let's yeah. let's encrypt. If you set it up correctly, I know you it auto renews. Yeah, yeah, you have to I think you have to run a script to get it to auto renew. Is that right? Yeah, there's a there's a web uh a web server I'm looking into that a, a friend of mine used called Caddy. We can we can link to it. C-A-D-D-Y. It's this um it's a replacement for Nginx and Apache. Oh, cool. But it's really fast and has, it's basically, its purpose is that it has Let's Encrypt built into it. So it handles auto renewal. You basically just make a request to a custom domain that is pointed to your servers via DNS or whatever, and it automatically just like does the stuff. Wow. So a friend set it up and like, It'll take a little bit of work, but once it's set up, it, it sounds it sounds really great. Yeah, this looks really, really good. It's pretty cool. And again, it, it's a simple, I mean, it's not simple. It, it takes work to do it, but it's one of those magical things that when you give that to customers, it makes their life better. Yeah. All of a sudden, they, they have a secure site. It's being, you know, it affects their search rankings. It, like, mm-hmm. they quit getting that question from their boss like how come i'm getting this warning uh even itunes now they 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 want there to be a you know a https uh feed url um yeah and so yeah i think they're going to require it soon i don't think they require it yet but they definitely will yeah i mean it just like it's a pretty small thing you can do to, to ensure that uh data is being transported around everywhere securely and encrypted yeah so sweet well those are gonna be great um I continue to do these uh, dumb programming questions, uh, uh, <laughs> live streams, and I'm learning a lot. I, ac- I actually haven't used Transistor as an example too much yet, but... Yeah, we can we can do one. We can live... live uh, I know you want to try it with... Uh, uh, yeah. VS, VS Code has some code sharing. Yeah, and I actually had some people join my session the other day, um, oh, and I cool. could see their cursor going around. They, d- they didn't want to change anything while I was, <laughs> yeah. while I was huh. doing stuff, but... Um, Visual Studio Code is it's solid. Um, Microsoft yeah. is onto something here. The the one the one I, I don't know if I mentioned this last week. This will be the final thing before the episode ends. 
dear listener. <laughs> but uh, I, I heard people talking about it, going, oh, Visual Studio is so good. And I know about Visual Studio. I've been in a .NET shop. That's where I started in software. So I know about Visual Studio. But I thought people were using Visual Studio for web development. And so I, I downloaded it. And I'm like, I don't understand why you folks like this for web development. It's brutal. Right. And then finally, there was like kind of this embarrassing moment where people were like, oh, no, no, you, we, meant, we meant Visual Studio code. <laughs> I'm like, Microsoft, that is the worst branding fail ever. Right, because, yeah. If, if it's a separate thing, and I know this is like a, a ha-ha, like, look at the, the business guy, uh, you know, suffer here. Uh, and that's fine. I, I, but on the other hand, I'm like, man, I can understand why beginners, like, this has nothing to do with my ability to understand, you know, how to construct uh, a loop or how to, you know, it doesn't have, it has nothing to do with me actually coding. It's just like, the the barriers for me that I have to go to go through just to just <laughs> to do simple things like I just want to have the right environment and I had this embarrassing thing happen which was I downloaded the wrong thing and it was like man this is no good and then if it wasn't for the nice people around me I wouldn't have known so thank you internet thank you internet uh, well internet friends the internet itself was very <laughs> helpful yeah but internet friends uh, who are willing to take me aside and go ah actually. It's it's actually not Visual Studio. It's Visual Studio Code. Ah, yeah. Okay. Hmm. Anyway. Cool. Uh, so that's it for this week, folks. Check back next Tuesday for another episode. Uh, by the way, we would love to uh, get more questions. Uh, I know we don't have a voicemail set up right now, but if you want to email us questions, uh, just shows at transistor.fm. If you want to tweet us questions, I know that you folks listen to this and you're, you have thoughts and things you want to know about. Send those to us and we'd love to do a Q&A episode. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Talk to you then. Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash Justin and get 15% off your first year.